Welcome to Parsha's Titsave, where we will be discussing practical, beautiful ideas that you can take into your Shabbos and take with you to lift up your soul. Um, I was going to say crush your soul, but <laughs> you'll see why that's a joke in a minute. Because the Pusik starts off, the Parsha starts off with the most famous, or one of the most famous, I think it's called a Mimer, a Sicha, something, a page from the Rebbe, that was written, and when I heard this idea a bunch of years ago, probably almost three and a half years ago when I was listening to a podcast, it was the idea of the Kasas Lama'ar, the fact that the olives were crushed for lighting, it says specifically. It doesn't just say that they made olives, to cr- they crushed the olives and that's how they made olive oil. It says the olives were crushed for lighting. And this is the most famous idea, that the reason we go through struggles in life, the reason we go through challenges, is because they are there to light us up. We are like the olive. The Jewish people are compared to an olive tree. There is a whole medrash in Yirmiyahu where Yirmiyahu is comparing an olive tree. It's a beautiful leafy tree. And then Hashem is sparking a fire on it and the branches are destroyed. And it's compared to Kal Yisrael that the fact that sometimes we are in pain and sometimes we are crushed and sometimes we are being burned and it's difficult that is what ultimately will allow us to or to light up our light, to light up the world, to do teshuva, not from a place of fear because we were beaten into it, but from a place of true yearning of being our ultimate selves, which is teshuva me'ava, teshuva repentance with love. And that is when we can finally do what we're meant to be doing here in the, in the first place, which is light up the world, be an arlagayim, be the people that are lighting up the world and i think this is so important in today's day and age because there are so many people who are showing their life off and i think as jews we have this concept which on one hand is true that we need to be living under the radar and bracha comes to things that are quiet and we we need to keep things on the down low and you don't want the yitzhara and the ayin hara and you can't share your brachos because it's going to make people feel jealous and yes on one hand that is true but on the other hand if you are living a beautiful life and you are blessed to have good midos and you are blessed to have a good heart and you are blessed to do chesed and you are blessed to be a good mother and you are blessed to have so many good things in your life i would say it's an obligation to share them as part of the obligation we have of being an orlagayim of being a light upon the nations because where does the world get this morality from we get it from the torah we get it from Avram Avinu. We get it from Hashem that designed the world with these this code of morality. So it's a call to step up and to step above and to show our light, to share our light. Despite if you're not perfect and you're not, you don't have it all figured out. It's a very important thing to do because that's what we are meant to be doing, and that is what this crushing, this kasus is for. It's for lamaar to light us so we can be lit up. And so sometimes that's maybe why it is so difficult for us to share and to be in public and to go out there and to do things externally because it's not easy. It feels difficult being crushed. It doesn't feel good like the Pasuk in Yermeho says where the branches are being burned. That doesn't feel pleasant. Growth doesn't always feel pleasant, but the purpose of it is to, is to be lit. The purpose of it is to light up the world. And 
when we can shift the mindset from this is just so painful and I don't like this to oh I get it I'm getting so much stronger I'm I'm literally letting up the world through this wow like I'm so much closer to Hashem through this that mindset shift changes the entire game because it makes the pain worth it imagine if you're being crushed and nobody told you you're being crushed why you're being crushed and it's so painful and but then you realize no wait a minute look how much light I'm giving to the world it would be worth it. It would still be painful, but there would be a certain satisfaction within it, a deep satisfaction within it, knowing that this is beautiful and this is good. And that's the power of our words. That's the power that our words can really give to the world. And we see this from Moshe. Because Moshe said to Hashem when he was arguing on the behalf of the Jewish people, and Hashem said, I'm going to wipe out the nation. And Moshe said, if you do that, then erase me from your book. I don't want to be a part of a nation that's just for me. If you're going to kill all of Klai Israel. If you're going to kill all of Klai Israel, I'm with them. Erase me from your book if you're going to erase them too. And although, as we're going to get into it, that was a very admirable moment of Moshe. Of truly being a leader. Of stepping up and throwing himself under the bus with the entire Jewish people. What a true leader should be doing. Words have power. Just as the words that we say... When we're being crushed of, oh, this is so painful, I can't handle this. This is just difficult. I'm, I'm dying, I'm struggling, I'm, I'm, I can't cope, I'm not functioning, I'm in pain. All those words can be transitioned into words of like, wow, I'm growing, I'm shifting, I can feel myself stretching. It's the same scenario. You're in just as much pain in version A and version B. The difference is with your words. And, so, and, and that is what creates the reality. And so because words do create a reality... The words that Moshe said to Hashem, erase me from your book, came into truth, came into reality. Because Hashem is the perfect judge and everything Hashem does is mida connected mida. And Moshe was erased from the book, from our Parsha, Parsha's Tzitzaveh. That shows us how careful we have to be with our words. Not only that, but Moshe argued he didn't want to be the leader at the burning bush. He said, Hashem, I don't want to be the leader. I don't want to be the leader. Why are you giving it to me? And as, again, admirable as that was, to say, I don't want to be the leader, words have power. And those words of saying, I don't want to be the leader, came into fruition. When he, when the, he was not in power, the leadership of the Kohanim, the Kahuna, was given to Arun. The lesson we can take from here is twofold. Number one, our words have power. We have to be very careful with what we say. But a way to deepen that lesson even further is that it's not anava. It's not good. It's not kind. It's not the right thing to do. To push off a compliment or to push off when someone's trying to give you something or to push away the good that someone's trying to give you. Maybe what we can learn from this experience is that the most incredible thing you can do is be a gracious receiver. This ties into a deep concept of femininity, which I think is apropos as this is a woman's class. Because sometimes you would think, in the dynamics between masculine and feminine, the masculine we know from Torah, deep Kabbalistic sources, is called the mashpia, which means the giver, and the female is called the makaba, which means the receiver. And you would assume that 
the giver is the one with the glory and the receiver is a little bit lame she just has to receive she can't really do anything on her own she's very passive you would think but through understanding this idea understanding this idea of how imperative it is to be a gracious receiver how imperative we see from Moshe if if he would just have graciously received and although we know Hashem is perfect and everything Hashem did is perfect and the way that the world worked out was perfect in the end but being a gracious receiver is what enables life to flow is what enables the giver to give so it's almost actually as if when you receive you are being a greater giver than the giver themselves because you are enabling the giver to give and that is a powerful idea and understanding femininity but moving on throughout our parsha, so we know that Moshe was arguing he didn't want to be the leader. And he didn't want Hashem. He said, Hashem, erase me from your book if you're going to erase this nation. And that words have power and that therefore he is not mentioned in this Parsha. But the beautiful flip, the beautiful moment of delicious irony is where exactly the moment where he quote unquote lost the ability to have the whole nation starting from him when Hashem said, I'll destroy all of this Yisrael, they sinned, I'm going to start everything from you. And Hashem denied, and sorry, and Moshe denied that. He gave that up. He gave all that honor and that prestige up. That was the moment when he acquired true leadership. He was metakin his soul. Our sages tell us that Moshe's soul was the same soul as Noah. And Noah, we know, was a perfect tzaddik in his generation. Noah ish tzaddik tamim bedura sav. In his generation. Why his generation? Because ultimately there were other Siddiquim in different generations that were higher than him. And it's a hint, the generation, to the fact that he didn't pray for his generation. It was the tiniest blemish on his soul. It was the one thing that needed to be fixed so the soul was absolutely perfected. And his soul came back down in Moshe. And when Moshe said, you know what? I don't care. I'm, I'm with them. If you're going to kill them, kill me too. That was the moment that the soul of Noah and the soul of Moshe became perfectly complete, where he became, as we know, Moshe is the leader, the leader of all us for all generations. Now Moshe is the ultimate leader. He's the leader we refer to as the, the shepherd of us all. The most deep, caring, kind, loving leader of all time, the ultimate leader. And it was through that moment when he quote-unquote gave up the ability to be a quote-unquote leader by having the entire new generation come from him. He gave that up. He acquired true leadership, which is saying, it's not about me because I'm, I'm with them. And that is a powerful idea. That in the moments when you think you're giving everything up, in the moments when you think you have nothing, in the moments when you think this is the worst moment of my entire life, I am gaining nothing. It's the moments when you're laying in bed and you're too exhausted to move a single bone in your body. It's the moments when you're so frustrated and you're ready to pull your hair out and you're so aggravated and yet you take a deep breath and you breathe out slowly and you think, gosh, I'm the most frustrated person in the world. What's wrong with me? No, it's that moment that you became the ideal version of yourself because you breathe that air out and you didn't allow yourself to get frustrated. And yes, on one hand, you could be thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, what is wrong with me that I get so frustrated? But maybe it's exactly the moment that you were challenged with the frustration and you overcame it by saying, I'm not, I'm giving in. I don't care. 
I'm not allowing myself to get angry no matter the no matter the consequences is. That's a moment when you can for all you know be attacking your soul, be the have the one thing that you need that needs to be fixed, that needs to be clicked in the last puzzle piece. For all you know it's that moment. And we don't know what that moment will be. And we don't know what it is. As much soul searching, as much journaling, as much davening in his bodhidus and ultimate connection to Hashem and non-stop tefillah we don't know the moment that our soul needs to finish that final click we don't know what it is but we do know that there will be a moment in our time in our life and we never know what that moment will be where in this moment our entire olam haba could be gained it, could, it was this moment we were brought here for the earth. It was this exact moment that our soul needed, that our soul became complete. And because we have so many of those, we have endless moments in a day, we never know which moment it will be. And a mindset, a mantra to get through this moment is to say that I choose, I am choosing perfection. I am choosing good over anything else. I am choosing my midos over anything else. I am choosing kindness i'm choosing love over anything else and to me that is a very big mindset shift that helps us live with that framework every minute of the day because nothing is more if if you choose that as your number one value if you choose the knowledge the awareness that in one moment your soul could be matakin your soul could be fixed completely you could acquire your entire olamaba in one moment then nothing is more important than you acting the way that you want to be acting in every single moment and the way that you can get there is saying i'm choosing this over that it's not always easy the one moment that i can recall to my mind that i'm seeing success in and it's working for me is in the mornings or being late i'm i say to myself i am choosing kindness and calm and love over timeliness because i know that i get triggered and i get frustrated by being late and it causes me to act in ways that I don't I don't wish to act like and so what I say is I say I choose kindness and I choose good midos over timeliness because I would rather my children be late and me be late and I didn't lose my temper and I didn't get frustrated and I acted and responded and showed up with love and kindness than others because I know that it could be that moment that Hashem is looking down on me that Hashem is right there with me and he's saying is this the moment yes you've made it you've done it you've you've completed it my darling you you've made it this is the moment you did it and for all we know that's the moment that could bring Mashiach because it's just that one last moment it's that one last deed it's that one last action it's the last drop in the bucket that causes it to overflow it's the final straw that breaks the camel's back but in this case the camel is the bringing of Mashiach and that's what we're waiting for And that is exactly what we're waiting for. So the last thing that I think is important to discuss in this week's Parsha is the fact that when we talk about the Ketores, when we talk about, because this, this, honestly, we get into the weeds here. We talk about the kidneys and the innards and the guts and the blood and the smoke and it's burnt. And if you're looking at this Parsha and you're reading the English, you could very well be thinking, this is just gross. This is disgusting feel the nausea rising up like what is this why do i want to be reading about this how is this our torah 
how is this our Torah? And even if you've never been exposed to any form of Torah or Judaism, and you're, you're reading this for your first time, I'm just imagining someone coming into shul their first time, opening up a stone chumash, reading the English, and just seeing, like, like, the fact that, like, innards were being burnt, and then in Pasuk Yerchas, it says, this Ola, this burnt offering, Hula Hashem is for Hashem, Ruach Nichayach. It's a spirit of satisfaction. It's Hashem is satisfied from this smell. And then that's like, oh my gosh, at that point you're out of there. They're like, this is enough. Like innards and fat being burnt and blood being sprinkled. And then the God likes it. And what is this religion? What is going on here? This doesn't make any sense. This literally doesn't make any sense. This is just weird and repulsive and gross. What kind of a God likes the smell of burnt animals? This is so gross and weird that's what you would be thinking that's what i would be thinking and this is why we have rashi because what rashi tells us here is that what the reach nichoach is is not that hashem gets satisfied from the smell it's a spirit of satisfaction because ruach can also mean smell but it can also mean a spirit a sense a deep feeling your spirit your your energy your energy was satisfied. The wind, you know, ruach also means wind. It's like the wind beneath your feet, that energy you feel to do certain things. So it's not that Hashem was satisfied, but the smell, and this smelled good. It was the fact that this, this energy satisfied Hashem. What was the energy, says Rashi? It was the fact that Hashem commanded and the will was performed. And this idea is so huge. What this idea teaches us is that what Hashem wants from us is not necessarily it's not that our our mitzvos are so beautiful and they're so gorgeous and they smell so good and they're just so incredible and yes there is that too there's a concept of hitter mitzvah which means beautify the mitzvah and we do want to make shabbos special we do want to make every mitzvah special and beautify it to the best of our ability but ultimately what this rashi is teaching us on the words reach nichoyach that Hashem's spirit, Hashem's ruach was satisfied. What Rashi says here is that it was, the satisfaction was the fact that Hashem commanded and they did it. This is a deep secret teaching us about really what is the purpose of why we do mitzvos. What are we really doing when we do mitzvos? Why are we doing the mitzvos in the first place? It's not just to make them beautiful. It's not just because they're good for us. It's not just because they're good for the world. Those are all very nice bonuses and benefits. The ultimate reason of why we do mitzvos and why we do what Hashem is asking us to do and why we do the different things that we are commanded to do is because Hashem asked us to do that. It, and that is the ultimate way to gain closeness, closeness to Hashem was you asked me to do this and I'm going to do it. It's not because I know I'm going to make it I know it's good for me and so I'm going to do it. Or I know it's good for them and I'm going to do it. No, you asked me to do it, so I'm going to do it. And on one hand, you would think, well, that's a lower level. I always heard that the highest level between man and God or woman and God is that of a spouse relationship, man and woman, and they're in love. Like on Shavuos, when we have the proverbial marriage between Hashem and us. And this seems like a servant and master relationship. Do it because I told you to do it. And that, we know, is the lower level of a relationship between Hashem and us. There's a servant and a master. 
There's a father and a son, and there's a relationship between a spouse and a, a sp- two spouses. And those are the three levels of the relationship between us and Hashem. But this is the deep secret. That ultimately, the deepest of love between a spouse, between two spouses, one and another, is that when they ask you to do something, you're not doing it because there's a reason. You're doing it because they asked you. It, it's where this comes full circle. It's where this entire idea is like the chicken and the egg. Because yes, a servant just does what the master asks them to do. There's no relationship there. Master says, the master commands, the servant does. The son has a love for the father, wants to make the father proud, so he does it. And same with the spouse, they want to give, they want them to love each other. But the deepest form of love is when you love someone so much, it, there's no reason why you wouldn't do what they asked you to do. You don't do it for a reason other than they simply asked you. They asked you to do something and you do it. And that's the deepest form and expression of love that we can show Hashem when we do the mitzvos, when we control our actions, when we control our words, when we try to live our best lives, when we do that just simply because Hashem asks us to for no other reason, not because it's benefiting us, not because we want Mashiach, not because we want a better world, just because Hashem asks us to, it's very hard. And I must say, I cannot say that I am anywhere near getting to this point. It's something I wish very badly to get to the point of knowing that there are certain things Hashem asks us to do and we do them because Hashem asks us to do them. And that's just the reason why. And we're doing it not because we feel like we're a servant that was commanded, but we're doing it because we love Hashem so much. Like, oh my gosh, like they asked me to do, of course I'm going to do it without even a doubt. Because when you love someone so much and they ask you to do something, you jump and you run and you do it. It's not even a shaila. It's not even a doubt. It's not even a question. I want to end with a blessing to us all that we can really find within ourselves the ability to do the things that Hashem asked us to do. Betach, without a doubt in our mind, just because Hashem asked us to do it. And that will ultimately bring the, the true reach nichach. It's not the smell of the innards. That is what is satisfying Hashem. It's the fact that He asked us to do something and we did it. It's the relationship that we can build of just, I'm going to do something for you no matter what, no matter why, no matter when. And building that connection, building that relationship of no questions asked will ultimately build us a relationship so deep with Hashem that we'll become one again. Ain Odmovado, there's nothing else but Hashem. We'll finally be at that that moment when Hashem's glory can fill the entire world because Hashem, the world will be, will be Hashem. That's what it means, Mali Aritz. Das, when the world will be filled with Hashem's knowledge because the world ultimately is Hashem and hopefully will merit to see that, that it just, we're all one. Everything is Hashem. We are Hashem. We are a piece of Hashem. The world is a piece of Hashem. And the more we can tap into that relationship of realizing, I'm going to do it because you told me to. We are one. We're in the same. We're in this together. There's no reason why. That is when we'll hit the highest peak. Good Shabbos.